I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me, Rick McElroy, Principal Cybersecurity Strategist of VMware. Rick, we're looking at the findings in your Global Security Insights report. What does the cyber threat landscape look like at the moment? You know, it's a hot mess, right, to, to put it very bluntly. Uh, I think we've seen, you know, across the globe, regardless of region, a massive rise in, in not only the number of attacks, but also the sophistication of what the attackers are doing. And so what we're seeing is predominantly, you're going to see a, this crime wave fueled by something like ransomware and crypto jacking. Those are a couple examples. And then, of course, what's happening with nation states across the globe, continually uh, escalating the cyber warfare, creating new capabilities, and those capabilities sometimes have collateral damage. So yeah, it's been a it's been a really interesting time in cyber over the last year. Well, over the last year, of course, the big headline has been COVID-19. People tell me that the pandemic has turbocharged the adoption of technology. It also appears to have turbocharged the threat actors as well. Yeah, that's correct. You know, what we've seen in the UK is uh, 99% of the respondents to this survey have said they've adopted a cloud-first security strategy to help deal with some of the issues that resulted from a pandemic. Predominantly, that was from um, sending employees anywhere to work, right? So whether they were at home or someplace else, that expanded threat service caused uh, a number of visibility gaps and a number of control gaps. And so chief information security officers across the globe have started to put in place you know, cloud technologies that are present wherever the users wind up interacting with the data. And I think that's great, but it's also introduced a couple of new risks and threats. And so one of the areas that I think security teams are paying the mo most attention to is really around these cloud applications and, and cloud workloads being used as a leverage point to get into their systems and data. Well, you've touched on this with that answer, but what are the trends you're seeing in hacking and malware and attacks generally? Well, I mean, you know, ransomware is the one that's uh, taken all the headlines. And it's interesting, you know, I think in the end, 10 years from now, hopefully, uh, we'll look back and, and say ransomware may actually be one of the best things for information security because of the billions of dollars that have been paid out, because boards and CEOs now actually care about uh, this wave of cybercrime. And, and so I think, you know, that's one of the huge drivers. But more importantly, I think, is, is to think about what it looks like from a cyber criminal's perspective. So this idea that since 2015, they've stood up a massive amount of infrastructure to do all of these attacks at scale, to do ransomware as a service, phishing as a service, writing and authoring malware as a service, all of these things exist. And, and so what's happened is, it doesn't take a highly specialized person to perform a ransomware attack these days. You just need to know the right dark web forum, have some Bitcoin, procure, you know, a piece of malware and or pay someone else to do that as a service and you're off generating an ROI. And frankly speaking, the return on investment for attackers is now in the trillions of dollars. And that's something that I think, you know, nations across the globe need to get together on to help disrupt that giant cybercrime market. Well, I hate to put it this way, but it sounds as though you're painting a picture of an attractive business to be in. So we want to make it less attractive. How do we do that? Absolutely. Well, there's a couple of different ways, right? I think, you know, leveraging sanctions against some of these groups and telling organizations that you're actually running afoul of the law by paying these groups and sanctions. We, we just saw one of the groups uh, rebrand themselves yesterday because um, they know that they've been sanctioned on paper by the U.S. government. 
And so I think, look, for organizations and defenders, because that's great. We need some nation state help. We know that. We need legislators and regulators to get involved. But what can we do about this? Well, what we have to do is start making these attackers work harder and take manual action. In almost every case, a lot of this stuff is automated and baked into the malware, whether it's defensive evasion or lateral movement techniques. And so what we have to do is raise the bar for these attackers. We have to make them take manual action. We have to have them go iterate their code at each step of what we refer to as the cyber kill chain. If we can all do that together, make their jobs harder, have it take longer to perform these attacks, well, we can start to disrupt that market and economy. And then I think the third answer would be um, stop paying ransoms. Every ransom that is paid to one of these cybercrime groups fuels more cybercrime. And so we've got to decide as a, a group of constituents on the internet whether or not we're going to pay extortion. And my recommendation is that we stop paying extortion and part, put, start putting money in up front to make our systems more resilient and secure. If C-level executives see the bottom line being directly hit, money is going out of the business, that does provide a certain impetus and a focusing of minds. What are the priorities you would put in front of a board now, this year? What's the top security priority? Well, number one, when you look at what all attackers do, so 90% of, of commodity malware, we, we released a report in 2020 that shows this. And then when you look at uh, the broad attack service and the sophistication, when you, when you start to break it down, they actually do two things. Um, what they're interested in is getting your credentials. So being able to pull those out of memory from one of the systems that they land on or attack Active Directory, you know, which we've seen, um, and then they want to move around your environment. So one of the great things that you can do to interrupt that first piece, credential harvesting, is to put in something like multi-factor authentication over your systems, wherever you can get those. Privileged account management is another great way, and really focusing on the identities and what they're doing inside of your environment. And then on the lateral movement piece, I think on the lateral movement piece, you know, micro-segmentation of, of critical assets ensuring that you don't have laptops that are end-user computing systems that um, have full access to your databases, right? So starting to look at your firewall rules, really hardening those, and limiting the scope and impact if a piece of malware does happen to land on a laptop or a desktop. Well, it's more likely to do that just at the moment because there are a lot of laptops out there sitting in people's homes. Yeah, and predominantly, I mean, whether it's our report or, you know, a conglomeration of all the threat reports, we still see humans as one of the most vulnerable vectors. In a lot of cases, they click on something, they download something from a malicious website, and that turns out to be the initial attack vector for sure. So in future, more money to be spent on security, more money to be focused on cloud security. And I think an emphasis on, um, you know, th this is the challenge for information security professionals. We have too many tools. Every time a new attack comes out, it's pretty typical that a, a vendor will create a new solution. That solution has to be integrated into our current existing security stack. Most people are running at least 25 tools to perform security inside of their organization and drive those outcomes. And it's become uh, really unwieldy to do that. And so I think what we have to do is as we're thinking about security being delivered and, and continually tuned and updated, uh, we have to take a fundamental step back in how we're delivering security. And I like to use the analogy of the uh, automotive and safety industry. When you buy a, a vehicle, 
You don't have to go procure seatbelts from a separate vendor or airbags or even, even headlights or rear view mirrors. All of the things that we put in to ensure that the passengers of those vehicles are safe. So I think technology vendors need to do the same thing. We need to move away from a bolted on model to a built-in model where our infrastructure has these controls that can be tuned in a continual fashion and actually simplify some of these processes and workflows and security. Rick McElroy, Principal Cybersecurity Strategist at VMware, thank you very much.